Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Booth Talk from the After Movie Diner. And on this incredibly special episode, we have got the cast of Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3. Well, the four important ones anyway. We have got that kick-ass chick herself, Kelly Maxwell, Dana DiLorenzo, on the show this week. We've also got the man with the mustache, him of the fish and chips, it's Pablo Bolivar, that's correct, Ray Santiago is on this show. And on top of that, we have got the two newcomers to season three. Uh, We have got Ariel Carver O'Neill, who plays Brandy, who turns out to be Ash's daughter. What? Ash has a daughter? That's right. Season three coming soon, February 25th on Stars. And we also have Lindsay Farris, who is playing Dalton, who is one of the Knights of Sumeria, who have been tracking the whole Necronomicon and Ash and Chosen One and all that good stuff since our of darkness really so we have those four amazing cast members from ash vs evil dead season three which as i said airs february 25th on stars if you don't get stars or if you're in the northeast and you can't get stars at the moment because the whole optimum shebang anyway ignore that it's easy just download the stars app just download the stars app and watch ash vs evil dead season three on february 25th i've seen some of the episodes and we'll be reviewing them for the after movie diner in my usual spoiler free way but all i can say is that you are definitely definitely going to want to check out season three and don't forget when you're uh, talking to stars uh, or the ash vs evil dead twitter uh, handles don't forget to hashtag bring back boomstick we want a season four people but we get into that in these interviews anyway i'm going to stop talking now and hand it over to dana ray Ariel and Lindsay, it's the cast of Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3. Yeah, me too. I was I was really absolutely uh, uh, panicked and crazed that I saw that I missed the call. Uh, it was stupid. I, I've had one of those days that completely got away with I me. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Was... We got you. You're talking to the right people. We have one of those days all the time. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> I'm so happy too. Uh, last time I think I saw you was in uh, New York, which was great to finally meet you. Um, and it's awesome to have you back on uh, the After Movie Diner. And uh, Lindsay, lovely to have you joining us as well. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. Um, so, well, let's get on with it then. Let's talk about Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3. Um, so, uh, let's start with you, Lindsay. The first question, of course, is, as a new member of the cast, um, how did Dana, Ray, Bruce, and Lucy induct you into the Ash vs. Evil Dead world? What is the ritual of joining this, Look, this motley crew? My induction is, is what started about 20 years ago. My grandmother used to show me the original... Uh, Evil Dead movie on Betamax with my uncle, and nice. it was kind of a bonding experience. 
because uh, my, the rest of my family hated horror. So 20 years on, I was actually welcomed into the family. Um, but they're, they're, they're incredibly welcoming, you know. I think, um, actually, the first time that I met Bruce, I, my, my very first scene was this eight-page monologue, basically, where I set up the Knights of Sumeria because I bring Dalton into the show with a huge, with a, a new mythology. Yeah. I met Bruce at a welcoming party, and Bruce <clears throat> had said to me, uh, it was nice to meet you. Are you shooting tomorrow? And I said, yeah, and I had this monologue and um i i said he said to me that he had you know a monologue in in season one two where he basically says what he's doing for the past 20 years and uh i said do you have any advice for how to pull it off and he took a minute and he had this this shit-eating grin that bruce has and he he said yeah good luck with that <laughs> and so that was my kind of entry entry into the show um, and then I guess it was just literally like stepping into the television. You know, the cabin is there. The scars from my childhood where I was just walking into the nightmares that I'd had from my youth. Uh, and, you know, from season three, you've got all the blood splatters on the walls from season one and season two. And so, uh, but Dana and Ray and Bruce were incredibly welcoming. I know Bruce plays a father in the show to... Ariel to Brandy, but uh, he's kind of a bit of a father figure to the, the new cast as well. And he would also like to add that Dana DiLorenzo was by far the most welcoming. <laughs> More than I, Lindsay. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were. No, we, we, yeah, no I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, but I, I did buy, I did um, do my research and I heard Ozzy's like beer and I did buy him a beer yeah, for meeting and, nice and then we haven't stopped talking since. Because, well, I, I've done most of the talking. You know, you've interviewed me before. <laughs> you know I never stop talking. Well, that, that's the best thing about no, interviewing but, uh, you, Dana. I, I have to, to add to that. Yeah, well, best or worst, we'll leave that up for debate. Um, but, no, uh, uh, Lindsay and Ariel uh, fit in um, uh, seamlessly um, because they're magnificent actors. Um, they did not have an easy feat. Um, they're also, you know, having to, to do the American accent. I can't do an Australian accent to save my life. Um, and um, they, they were prepared every day. They, they never complained, and they're just magnificently lovely human beings. Um, so uh, it, it was as if they were always meant to be there, and we're so lucky to have them. Prepared is such a generous word for this show. I don't know you could be prepared well, for anything. Well, you, you knew your line. You knew your line. Yeah, they showed up on time. They were never late. It was, they, 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 they were there to, to do the work, and, and we all um, responded accordingly. They were lovely. And I feel that fans will, will agree. It'll be like they were meant to be there all along. Well, I, yeah, I've already seen some of your work, Lindsay, and, and I, can, I can agree it was funny. When the season first started, was first announced, of course, I think because the fans were so used to Ash more or less being by himself uh, or at least killing off the, the remaining of the cast. Um, you know, obviously there was that thing yeah. where Dana and Ray were announced and you're like, oh, I wonder how that's going to work. And then <clears throat> similarly, knowing that, uh, you and Ariel were coming onto the show in season three when we've already established this wonderful foursome that, that we, we've now grown to kind of embrace and love as fans. Adding you guys, it's always interesting to see how that's going to work. And I have to say, having seen <clears throat> a few episodes now, uh, it definitely works. And uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic work on the show. Flawlessly. Thank you. I mean, the, the, the privilege too, I think, for all of us and you know, even Dana and Ray, is that, you know, this started as a one-man band. It was Bruce up there with the chainsaw doing it all on his own. And so when the, when the television series kicks off, you go, oh, how's he going to do with two sidekicks? 
And it, it's a logical, uh, I think, progression for the Evil Dead franchise, you know, because uh, Kelly and Pablo bring out very specific qualities, I think, in Ash Williams and, and are, are kind of a of a mirror to different facets of his personality and also filling in the gaps that perhaps he lacks sometimes too. You know, Pablo fights from the heart, Kelly fights from the brain. Um, but then, yeah, I guess Dalton brings an entirely new layer as well with the mythology from the Knights of Samaria, and that's something we haven't visited since the original film franchise. Right. And then I guess, uh, you know, Ashen as a, as a dad too, it's another, it's adding to the multifaceted dimensions that are the TV franchise. No, I, I, I definitely agree, and we're, I, uh, we're, we're loving it on our end as well. So, Dana, obviously this, this season uh, you're kind of lone-wolfing it when we meet you at the beginning, um, and uh, you're doing some of your own ass-kicking. Obviously you've done ass-kicking in the past on the show, but did you was there any like training regime, or did you like bone up on any special moves or anything like that before season three kicked in? Um, and yes, every season I'm, I'm challenged in new ways in the way that Kelly is. Um, and every time, you know, it's the same way we, we all entered the show. Uh, we meeting Ray and I and, and also the, um, uh, Ariel and, and Lindsay. You just got to dive into the deep end. Um, and I have done everything from having, you know, uh, to hang upside down by my ankle from a wire from a tree uh, for, for a day to, um, you know, learning how to puppeteer. And this season, um, I don't think it made the cut, but I did have a great day of stunt training, um, getting to drive um, uh, Brock's big-ass truck, that big, uh, I think, that GMC. Uh, and I had to do wheelies um, in very tight, uh, in like an airport base, in a very tight cone course. And I have to say, I did better on that Big ass truck getting through those wheelies and like learning how to um, do a, a not a power slide but just sort of a skid stop um, and and turning the car on its on its side basically going on on just two wheels that was some of my my I'm going to post videos of that down the road it was some of my favorite um, training but um, I will say in terms of of what I had to do for Kelly's journey um, because this whole season for her is really about uh, forging her path. And um, not in a way that uh, to, to stray from Ash. The only reason she strays from her, from him and uh, Pablo in the beginning is because she doesn't want to be in El Grove, you know, sitting, setting up shop. She wants to stay in the fight. She knows evil is coming back. It's just on vacation. So um, when she comes back, she's so excited that, that evil is back and gets her back in the fight. Um, but what I mean by forging the path is she's been the only one who has not had any agency. Um, she's always sort of been on defense. And even though she is, you know, the, the brains of the trifecta, she's always the one saying, are you sure that's a good plan? Well, maybe we shouldn't drink ketamine. Maybe we should do this. So what I love so much is that the writers gave Kelly an opportunity this season to go after what she came for, which is a big bloody plate of revenge. Um, and the payoff is she gets her day in the sun. And for that payoff, she has, uh, the most epic battle I think we've seen from Kelly yet with a one-on-one -on -one showdown um, with Ruby, with Evil. Uh, and it's a, it's a culmination of the first two seasons of every fight she's had, every skill she's learned, every puppet dunking into the bedpan, every <laughs> possession scene. She takes all that rage. And after, because um, I think you've said you've seen a few of the first few episodes, after being painted in those bloody corners where she, these catch-22s that she can't fight her way out of, she can't think her way out of. Well, 
she she holds that uh, rage in enough, and she's going to pop, just like we saw with the Deli Slicer in season one. And, man, does she go ballistic. And um, she's willing to go in and die for her cause because we've heard from season since season one. Um, I, I, I'm going to go down swinging, but I'm going to go after the fight. Uh, and she does it. And uh, the results of which you have to wait and see, but it sets off a chain of reactions. Um, that continue to happen every episode through the finale. And um, I can tell you that Kelly is, is changed forever. She's never quite the same Kelly. She loses a bit of herself in the process, for better or for worse. Um, and it might not be in the way that you're thinking, but because uh, she's, I'll just tell you, though, she gets her day in the sun, and, and, and it's, it's worth it. And, man, is it bloody. Is it bloody? She will <laughs> finger paint a wall mural. She will finger paint a wall mural with blood, and that is a fact. Nice. At some point this season, she literally finger paints the wall with blood. I'm very excited for you to see that. I can't, I can't wait. So it sounds like I was going to ask, because uh, last time we talked, we were kind of, uh, I think we were hinting at the Ashy Slashy fight. I don't think that had been released yet, and you said that there was something coming up that was sort of one of your checklist moments as an actor, one of those things. And I was going to ask, yes. what were some of the things in season three that, that checked that list? But it sounds like the, the, the gory fight in the, the Brock's truck, as you've inadvertently answered that, uh, that question. But that sounds awesome. Yes. And well, yeah. And you know what else I got? You know, I will say another, another checklist that was um, a new bucket list since doing this show. Kelly gets her own boomstick and she is ready to pump it. And nice. I think that is awesome. Yes. And then she also, we, she gets to, uh, I get to use a bunch of unconventional weapons um, a couple points a season, which is my favorite. You know, that, that's yeah. Kelly's strongest weapon is the unconventional It's being uh, able to impro so, um, improvise with uh, a meat yeah. slicer. I mean, yes. And wait do you see what she improvises with this time. Who boy. Those stunt training days were, were awesome because uh, what, what our amazing stunt coordinators have come up with uh, what the writers have come up with, everyone operating on all cylinders to keep outdoing ourselves, um, really uh, is to the benefit of the actor because we get to just, you know, go balls to the wall and play and cool. bring these characters to whole new levels this season. And and does does uh, do you have a Necker's ashy slashy puppet at home? And do you take out your frustration on it? Do you have one of those? <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't let that little felt fuck one inch near me, that little <laughs> perverted. No, um, I, I would love, um, I, I, I was thinking maybe, maybe, you know, I would get one sent to me. I'm going to buy one, though, because um, that puppet means a lot to me and um, was like my demonic sesame street dream come true. Um, I have so one yeah, in the corner I, of my uh, room looking be, at me. Yeah, well, you better be careful, buddy. Always bring a gun to a puppet fight. <laughs> And Lindsay, so you, it sound... you laugh. Wait till that bites you in the crotch. Oh, Wait yeah. till you're getting your head soaked in a bed pan. You tell me how you laugh. No, I'll... I love that little guy. I think he needs his own spinoff. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. There needs to be uh, like an all puppet episode, maybe. But uh, so, Lindsay, um, it sounds like from what you were saying that you were a huge fan of the the films and the franchise. Uh, growing up and uh, so it must have been a dream come true obviously to be in the series was there any moment in season three anything you were doing that was kind of something that you as a fan sort of would have liked to have seen the show go to would have liked to have seen uh your character or one of the other characters do 
the kind of uh, wish fulfillment thing? The privilege of getting to introduce a new character in an entirely new mythology meant that I went back to the original film franchise and I tried to find as many sort of, I guess, uh, references to the original uh, films as I could that I could slip in as kind of like Easter eggs for the fans, you know. Um, I'm very fortunate that Dalton himself is a fanboy, you know, for the prophesied one. He's heard all these legends about this guy who's meant to save the world from evil. And uh, so when when I kind of got to create him, it's also good having Rob Capp and Sam Ramey and, and Bruce Campbell there to make sure that you're, you're still adhering to those original ideas. You know, it's not some spin-off that's being orchestrated by these powers that be, you know, these are the original guys that are supervising the whole thing. So that was really in my mind too, because just in, in knowing that the, the fans for this show are so hardcore, uh, you, you want to make sure that you're not letting them down and that, you know, with the Knights of Samaria, you've got a completely new arena to play in. And I just wanted to make sure there was enough in them to go, oh yeah, I, I recognize this from the old days. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So the, the 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 one question remains, I guess, is um, about season four. I know that the bring back boomstick hashtag is still going large. There's now websites and petitions and goodness knows what else. Massive. Obvi- obvi- obviously, people can download the app. Uh, is there anything else um, that that we can do? And is there anything you guys can tell us in terms of season Great four question. possibilities? Um, first of all, and I'd like to thank you because you have been such a, a cheerleader for the show from the get-go. You know how I feel about you. You know I adore you. Um, <laughs> you've been such a strong supporter of the show and, and all of us, um, and especially uh, me and my character as well. And I, I thank you for that. Um, and thank you for, for being such a big promoter of Bring Back Boomstick. All I can say is, y- yes, you, you, keep, you need to get stars. Even You, you need to watch. The, that's how you need to watch it. Like, um, because that is how that will show the network that that you guys want more that you want a season four, which has not been given a green light yet. Buying the DVDs that's great, but that has nothing to do with stars. Um, so so what you got what you guys can keep doing is getting stars, watching our show, go on social media, uh, talk about the show, um, tag, tag yeah tag us, all those things, um, and we will continue. I've said this to you before. I think we will continue to be tortured for you guys as long as you want because this show is an homage to the lifelong fans and to the new fans that have discovered us. Um, it's a bloody love letter to you guys. So we'll keep doing it. We just need to let uh, stars know that you guys are out there, and that, that's up. That's on you to help us uh, to help us do that. Well, that's fantastic, Dana. And just uh, give us a quick plug for the uh, you were in an indie movie this year, The Mad Ones. Uh, which we really wanted to chat about as well. So you need to come back on to chat about the Mad Ones. But tell, pe- tell people where they can time. see it. Yes. Um, it is, thank you for asking. Um, the Mad Ones um, is on all VOD platforms. You can get it on iTunes, on Google Play, um, all, all on, on demand. Um, uh, take a look for it. Um, we're, we're trying to get people to spread the word about that so that we can, you know, get on a little bit um, more visibility, uh, things like Netflix and stuff like that as well. But um, thank you so much for bringing that up. And the Mad One is not about a bunch of crazies, um, or or is it? Uh, but it's taken from the Jack Kerouac book On the Road, um, which is a fabulous quote. I encourage everyone to look it up. But it's basically about um, it's a it's a very sweet, witty, heartfelt um, comedy about three professionals. Um, who come together and try and 
and find meaning in life um, and a pure experience where everything is now virtual and not tangible and getting back to to a little bit of that pure experience. And, and I think um, I think it speaks to all, all demographics. And, and I'm very, very proud of it. It's been a, pas- a passion project in the making for four years. So please, if you can, rent it, buy it. Um, find us on social, uh, themadonesmovie.com uh, can get you into all that. So thank you so much for asking about that, and I'm happy to talk to you about that anytime. Cool. Excellent. We'll sort that out on Twitter or something. But otherwise, guys, all the best of luck with uh, Season 3. Uh, we'll be watching. We'll be reviewing. We'll be promoting it, as always. And uh, can't wish you uh, anything but the best of luck uh, with Season 3. Have all the best. Uh, thank you, I love. I adore you. You're one of my favorites. <laughs> I'll be you, looking Dana. for you on social, my love. Thank you so, so much. All right, guys. Thanks so much for talking with okay. us today. Have a great afternoon. Uh, of course. Thank All right. You. Goodbye, sweetheart. So that was the always wonderful Dana DiLorenzo and Lindsay Farris, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Now, uh, into the booths of the After Movie Diner, may I introduce Ray Santiago and Ariel Carver O'Neill. Hey. hey. Hey, how are you doing? How's your long press day going? Better than the dream. It's going great. You are the very last person that we are talking to today. Don't you worry. We are having cocktails over here, and we are ready to answer whatever question you've got. I should <laughs> clarify, I am having a cocktail. Ariel is just chilling and relaxing. That's that's Hello. fantastic. Well, look, I'll, I'll try. I'll try not to keep you all night. Then I'll try and let you get out because it's the last interview of the day. So I don't know if I have a lot to live up for, live up to rather, or whether you guys are at this point are, are, are done. I don't know. But <laughs> so anyway, um, first first of all, Ray, I have to mention you met my fiance Kim in a coffee shop in Brooklyn and took a picture with her at Variety Coffee Shop. Uh, it's probably random. Yeah, that's how I knew who you were. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my favorite coffee shop. Um, whenever I uh, go go home for the holidays, or I'm in New York, um, I, I I stay in that neighborhood, and uh, and that's my coffee shop. She was the sweetest, and I was so happy that we ran into each other. I have to say, uh, when I met her, I hadn't even brushed my teeth. Uh, I think I was in my PJs, but you know. Listen, when a fan spots you, a fan spots you, and you got to live it up. Indeed. Well, it's Brooklyn, man. You can walk around in your PJs without having done your teeth in Brooklyn. It's all good. It's all good. That's what it's about, right? Exactly. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So uh, as your character on the show, Ariel, you are brought into this weird and wacky world full of nutcases. It must have been very similar when you first stepped onto the set with uh, Bruce, Ray, Dana and Lucy. Uh, What was your induction ritual like into the gang and into the show? There was a lot of blood. Um, But also it was lovely, actually. I mean, Brandy's introduction to all the other characters was a lot more traumatic than mine personally. Um, meeting everyone was wonderful. They're all such generous and supportive people and 
and I really loved working with them. They're all great actors. And so my experience coming into the Ash vs. Evil Dead family was lovely and um, and an honour. But Brandy's was a little bit, uh, little bit more traumatic and a little sadder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Ray, this season, uh, I've seen the first few episodes, whatever what one stars have given out to press. And this season, it seems like you're being pulled to the dark side initially, but then you also start to finally find your inner Brujo as the most tortured and all over the place member of the cast who is still hilarious throughout. How do you balance playing all the different facets of Pablo, especially in season three? Uh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you acknowledging that I am uh, probably the one that's been tortured the most thus far. Uh, um, you know, you just sort of show up to work and you go with the flow, and it's really fun to be good, and it's really fun to be evil, and it's really just a – I feel like Halloween is every day. So uh, for me, it's just it's just about having fun, um, you know, and, and I've never had the opportunity to go, go full dead eye and go bad and uh, I think we're going to really down the line get to see Pablo sort of continue to sort of balance and battle this uh, this situation of uh, whether or not he's going to be good or evil and, and, and really honing in on his uh, his skill set now as, his, as the Brujo but um, for the actor it was uh, me the actor I, I just had a blast uh, I mean, I say that now, looking back, I, I spent four hours, four and a half hours a day in prosthetics and, you know, was afraid to was afraid to eat and, and drink what I wanted because I knew I had to be shirtless for three episodes. But then I just sort of gave in and was like, just fuck it. I'm going to live my life and have a good time. It's not every day you get to make your face look like a Grinch slash Luis Guzman meets thriller character so just <laughs> live it up that's what i say as long as you stay true to to if you commit then no one can say you didn't try oh exactly exactly and it's fantastic it's always uh you're kind of the roller coaster character you're the kind of the one that's always each episode you're like wow what's ray gonna get into this this time and uh uh, it's always great fun. Um, Ariel, as you're playing Ash's daughter, uh, how much research did you do into Bruce and the character of Ash? And how conscious of you were you trying to sort of be like him in little ways? Or did you just try and do your own thing and hope it kind of came through in the writing? Um, I, I watched all two seasons and the original films as well um, to prepare myself. Uh, which was actually a lot of fun. I loved the show, and I thought it was just amazing what had been done, and I hadn't seen anything like it before. Um, that's the great thing about this show is, is that it's pretty much every single genre rolled into one very entertaining package. Um, and I, I loved every second of watching it, and I couldn't wait to be on it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I knew Bruce and, of course, Lucy, Lucy Lawless um, from Xena, uh, I grew up watching that, and I was a huge fan of hers from yeah. a little kid. Um, so meeting the both of them was really exciting. And, you know, I was a little starstruck at first, but they're both such wonderful people and very generous actors. And they're just not only a joy to work with, but just a joy to be around um, in general. And it ended up being a lot easier than I thought it would be. I thought it would be kind of daunting, but I just kind of had fun and, and 
tried to learn as much as I possibly could from these icons that I was surrounded by. Very cool, very cool. And, Ray, I could watch you and Bruce comically run a hardware store for a whole season. Uh, what's it like <laughs> doing comedy scenes with Bruce? What have you learned from him, and what do you think you've taught him? Oh, wow. Um, well, you know, I said this maybe to you before. What have I learned from him? Uh, I've learned to hit my mark and to really try and get it right on the first take because that might be all you have. Um, I, um, what have I taught him? I have taught, what have I taught, what have I taught Bruce? (laughs) Man, that's a good question. I really... Why the fuck don't you ask him? Um, <laughs> if you could get him on the phone, uh, I, I would. <laughs> I, I, I really, I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know what I've taught him. Don't know. But, uh, yeah, listen, I will say this. Uh, watching us in a hardware store together, I told Bruce, uh, I was like, listen, I really, I have this idea that you and I, if this doesn't work out, we should remake Fantasy Island. I think remaking Fantasy Island would be great, and we would be great at that. And he laughed and chuckled, and he said said that he would be down. I will say this. There's this one moment that Bruce and I share often on set, almost every time we're working together every day, where, you know, there we are rehearsing or doing whatever it is that we're doing, whatever scene, and we – We look around at the madness that is going on around us, you know, this random half-naked person in a a weird prosthetic suit spewing whatever they're spewing on us. And we always look at each other and we just start laughing um, (laughs) because of the absurdity of it all. But I will say that I don't know if uh, Bruce was a good dad to his kids but I definitely feel like he's really warm with me and he took really good care of me. And I feel like maybe I taught him to be a better leader or a better father. Um, taught him about the heart of that, that maybe Ash didn't have originally without the people that he has now. Taught him, taught him about what it would mean to really lose someone that you love. And I think that that's ultimately what the show has become. And I'm not really saying, I'm saying that for Bruce and for Ash. I think he, he sees me. I think he loves me and I love him. Oh, that's sweet, man. No, I get that as well. And I think it's what's really been great. Um, you know, I was, I was saying to Lindsay and Dana, but uh, when you and Dana first came on the show, Ray, I think obviously the, the fans were intrigued. We were like, oh, what's going to happen? It's been Ash by himself the whole time, more or less. And then here are these guys coming in. And then the same, I think, with uh, uh, Ariel and uh, Lindsay coming in on this season. It was, you know, it was intriguing. And I think what's been so good in both the writing and the performance of the show is just how, first of all, how effortlessly new people have come into the franchise and how much they've immediately been embraced by the storyline and the other characters and the and then the, ultimately the fans. Um, but also just the way, like you, you say, Ray, very eloquently, that over the seasons you've seen the character of Ash, which it sort of feels weird seriously talking about the character of Ash, but it's true. You've seen the character of Ash grow 
uh, in little increments, but especially in the heart and showing the loss, not only of uh, things that have happened to Dana and, and uh, uh, yourself, Ray, throughout the series, but also showing the loss of his sister and showing the loss of his friends back in the cabin and facing some of that stuff that happened in the previous films. It's been really sort of interesting and wonderful as a fan to kind of see that and it's it's all a testament to to performers like yourselves uh in in the show um so the 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 next question is for both of you um in the world of ash versus evil dead anything can happen we've seen puppet fights we've seen ash going up a cadaver's butt we've seen pablo sliced in half and then duct tape packed together and driven around by a high grieving ash what are some of the memorable moments in season three that both of you have got to do without too many spoilers, if possible? Um, I carry around a dead person body for about three episodes. Won't say who, but I'm carrying around somebody, carrying around some dead weight. And that shit was a good workout. I also probably have more lines in Sumerian gibberish than <laughs> actual English on this show. So if you're a diehard fan and you pay attention to when I speak gibberish, I would invite you to try and decipher what I say because I say some pretty funky things. Nice. And Ariel, what about uh, for you? Yeah, I... I have so many. I'm trying to pick one. It's the hard part is picking a moment. But I, one of my favorite sequences to film was a fight I have with an object of some kind. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much because I do think it will be great for the audience to be surprised by it. But, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I've never had to fight myself before, so that was new, and I really liked it. And... Uh, Hopefully it turns out well on screen. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's that's the lineage. I mean, Bruce has fought himself how many times now? So uh, yep. his daughter had to have a scene where she fought, her, exactly. fought herself. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ray, I think you probably know this um, better in a way. I've seen the first few episodes and the mood of the show has changed again while obviously retaining everything we love. It's darker, scarier, eerier, but also more like one long movie than, than just episodic. How did the new showrunner, Mark Verheiden, sort of guide the series in that way? Uh, I think Mark was really set on sort of... Um, like really hinting and, and not not hinting, but really diving into the themes that you talked about earlier of, of exploring Ash and family and, and family being the theme of this season, which sounds sort of cheesy, but, you know, we really needed to sort of um, evolve the show and add a new layer, and we knew that we had the, the guts and the gore and the comedy, but we really wanted to make all of these people real. And I think for me it was, you know, sort of coming back to – my lineage uh, of, of a line of brujos and introducing Ash's daughter and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, Kelly going out there and, and forging, you know, what might be her attempt to try and find a new family with trying to find somebody like Dalton. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that was his, his way of, uh, of, of, of evolving the show. But I also feel like one thing that he did not do was stand in the way of things that we as, as, very sort of involved actors on this show have had the privilege of doing, you know, coming to the table with ideas. I would say 90% of the things I came into the writer's room with ended up in the show for this season, short of me getting to shave my head on camera. 
um, everything else was um, was allowed. So, so he he really allowed us just to be who we 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 were, and 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 just added his element of, uh, of of what he wanted to bring to the table. And I, I do agree with you; it does play more like a a longer movie than just um, just a, uh, uh, an episodic. And I think that that has a lot to do with the timeline of which this season took place. It took, I think it took place in like the span of like five days or something like that. I think that. each episode is about a day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all tied together. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely played, what I've seen so far of it, I'm, 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 I'm definitely loving, loving it a lot. Um, and I'm loving the, the, the different moods that each kind of season has. Um, Ariel, so uh, any training to get your deadite fighting skills up to speed, and how do you prepare for for a role like this? Um, there was a little bit of stunt training. Yeah, I had I had an um, incredible stunt double, Bronte. She was amazing, and because um, there's a lot I'm not allowed to do, so she did all the stuff that I couldn't do and made it look incredible. So I'm very grateful for her. But I did have a little bit of training involved. Um, mostly learning the choreography and, and going through the movements of, um, you know, hand-to-hand combat without actually hurting anybody, hmm. um, which was pretty cool because I've never, I've never been afforded that opportunity before to learn how to stage fight, so that was really cool. And, um, sorry, what was the other part of the question? <laughs> oh, no, just how do you prepare in general for, for a role That's like right. this outside of obviously researching the, the films and the shows? Um, I don't think there is much of a way to prepare other than um, working with the scripts. I think keeping an open mind is very important because you never know what's going to show up on the page that you have to do next week. You have no idea, and it's more than more than more often than not, it's a surprise. Um, there were some things that I saw on that page, and I was like, okay, so that's what I'm doing in the next few weeks. Interesting. Um, <laughs> You know, that's the nature of the show. It's so original and it can be so ridiculous and um, fantastical, but also it's, you know, it's up to the actor to make it real, I guess. So that's the preparation that you need to do is, is make it real. So the editing and the pace and the writing do the rest for you. You just have to make it human and believable. Um, so last question, if a season four happens, uh, what would you love to see happen to your characters? Any acting wish list things to still cross off? Mm. Um, well, the truth is you don't know who survives season three. So uh, if if I were to, to survive to be in season three, uh, I would really like to explore the idea of me having a shaved head, being found in a bar, wasted, full deadite mode, and just, like, angry at the world and uh, just being, like, a just a badass as a deadite and having to have the gang come back to find me to bring me back to, to being a good guy. <laughs> nice. Ariel? I, well, if Brandy makes it to season four. Of course. And everyone can always be brought back. It's a sci-fi fantasy exactly. horror film. You never know what condition they're going to be brought back, brought back in. Um, right. uh, I think I'd love to see where, where Brandy takes herself in terms of 
um, you know, filling in her father's footsteps, shoes, filling in her father's shoes, um, how intensely she takes that path and, you know, whether she... Uh, there's certain things that she loses body part-wise uh, and it'll be interesting to see how she deals with that as well. But I hope that... I, I do hope she ends up a badass. I would love a really cool weapon that no one else has and thinking something that I can really hit people with. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, like I'm envisioning like some kind of like embellished baseball bat would be would be pretty cool. Something badass like that. Very cool, very cool. Well look, we wish you all the hey, very hey, best. Hey, wait, wait. Oh sorry, yeah. Wait, go wait, ahead. Don't, wait, wait, I just wanted to say yes. I completely thought about this earlier and I've been telling people and I think I should tell you. Okay. I want to see Kelly and Pablo's baby. I'm thinking like a little weird Jedi baby with my hair <laughs> and Kelly's and Kelly's voice. Wow. Yes. Okay. No, I get that. I get that. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be. That's the way you open up season four. Then I guess is uh, Kelly Absolutely. giving birth to your deadite, deadite baby with crazy hair. That would be great. Get to the writers' awesome. room, Emilio. Anyway, guys, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Take care, man. All thanks, the John. best, guys. All the best. Bye now. So there you have it. That was our conversations with Dana, Ray, Ariel, and Lindsay, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Don't forget, check out Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3 on the Stars app. It's downloadable today, and it's very, very, very reasonably priced on a monthly fee. So do check out Ash vs. Evil Dead on the Stars app. Also, if you've enjoyed this conversation, go over to aftermoviediner.com and under reviews, we have a tab that is specific for all things Ash vs. Evil Dead. We have interviewed Bruce Campbell in the past. We've done longer interviews with Dana and Ray in the past. We've interviewed Ted Raimi. And also, going back to the original films, we've interviewed the Ladies of the Evil Dead, Hal Delrich, and the guy behind the special makeup effects in 1 and 2, Tom Sullivan. So, if you are an evil deadhead, a deadite, if you are one of those guys or gals who just loves this series, check out aftermoviediner.com and either search the website for Evil Dead and all the good stuff will come up, or head over to the Reviews tab in the menu and under which we have an Ash vs. Evil Dead specific page. We have got loads of content there and we will be reviewing all of Season 3 as it happens. Aftermoviediner.com, bookmark it today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Come back for more interviews in the future. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.